you're listening to Kindful Conversations, the podcast. I'm Hannah. I'm a meditation teacher and mindfulness coach, and this podcast is all about helping you to create calm amongst the chaos of everyday life. I'm here to help you feel better and to consciously and mindfully transform your life. I can't wait to share today's episode with you, and I hope you enjoy. Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're doing well today. It's been a while since I sat down and recorded a podcast episode. I took a little break over Easter last week and I'm feeling very refreshed and excited to be back today recording for you and I have a really exciting topic that I'm going to share with you today. But before we get started, let's stop and take a nice deep Conscious breath. And we'll do another one of those. All right. So today I want to talk about emotions. And this is something that just keeps coming up for me at the moment. I have a confession to make. I am completely obsessed with neuroscience at the moment. I've become such a neuroscience nerd. I'm listening to all these podcasts and doing all this different research, you know, Googling lots of different things to do with neuroscience at the moment. It's just something that's really fascinating to me. And I find that it goes hand in hand with mindfulness and meditation and learning about the brain and why we do the things we do. And I guess emotions is a big part of that. So that's why I wanted to talk about it today. I have actually recently discovered the work of a neuroscientist called Dr. Tara Swart. She is amazing. She's just so, so interesting and so brilliant. She knows so much about the brain and neuroscience. And so I really have been digging deep myself and learning lots and just trying to absorb as much information as I can. I will preface this by saying I'm absolutely no expert in neuroscience, but I am somewhat of an expert in mindfulness and meditation. And so I thought that I could try and share some of what I'm learning at the moment with various different resources like Tara and other books and things that I'm, I'm reading at the moment. But yeah, I, really think that there's a strong connection here between mindfulness and neuroscience and emotions. So that's what I'll be talking about today. And I'm going to continue talking about this, I think, over a series of of conversations because I feel like there's just so much in here. I'll only be able to scrape the surface today with what it is that I want to share. So what are emotions? Well, there's currently no scientific consensus on a definition, but from the little amount of research that I've done and from my own understanding of emotions, they are a natural physiological response in the body. So they're feedback from our body, our internal intelligence system telling us what we need to do. For example, if we're hungry, we will feel hunger And that tells us that we may need to eat or we may feel thirsty. That tells us that we need to drink or hydrate. Um, Emotions work in the same way. They're like messengers from the body telling us what we need to do. 
And we all experience the same emotions. It's just part of being human. So when we have strong emotions, it's about acknowledging them and from there understanding what it is that we need to do next. And what I've learned from Dr. Tara so far is that there are eight basic human emotions. So those are fear, anger, disgust, shame, sadness, surprise, joy or excitement, and love and trust. So love and trust are sort of considered in the same, but they are a spectrum. And I think that's something that everyone can understand is that there are emotions are on a spectrum. So there's going to be varying degrees of those core, those base, basic human emotions that we experience. And what is really interesting about looking at those eight basic human emotions is that five of the eight are survival-based. So fear, anger, disgust, shame, and sadness are all survival-based emotions. So we have them as a survival mechanism. They're there to help us to survive and to deal with any potential threats in our environment. So for example, disgust is a really good one because if we have some food that's off or moldy, we will feel disgust looking at it or smelling it. And that is so that we don't eat it, so that we don't get sick. So those emotions are there to stop us from you know, to, to help us to survive or to stop us from potentially putting ourselves in danger. And the thing is about emotions, what's really interesting is that we don't get emotional training growing up. When we're young, we're told that certain emotions are good or bad. So like those survival-based emotions that I just explained, fear, anger, disgust, shame and sadness, we're told that these are all bad emotions, that we shouldn't feel them, that they're not good. And also on the same, in the same way, we're told not to feel too happy, too excited, too overjoyed. And so the messages that we get when we're young are that, you know, if we're overly excited, we get told to calm down and, you know, don't be, don't be too over the top. And at the same time, if we're upset or sad, we get told to cheer up or, you know, it's not that big a deal. Come on, you, you can get over this kind of thing. So what that does when we're young is it sends us a message that emotions are bad and that we shouldn't feel them or that we should suppress them and not outwardly express them. And this is something that I personally, I'm becoming aware of that I, I personally experienced a lot growing up and not to anyone's fault, I'm not trying to place blame on any of my caregivers, but I'm, I've always been a very emotional person. And so I think that as a super sensitive and, and empath emotional child, I received the message that that was a bad thing, that my emotional state, my highly sensitive state was not good and that I should calm down and, and suppress that. And so all through my life, I felt like being emotional is a bad thing. And I've come to realize in the last few years that it's actually one of my strengths. I cared deeply about 
other people. I care deeply about the state of the planet and about helping others. And so I feel a lot of things and I always thought that was a bad thing. I always thought that my, you know, that the fact that I was overly emotional was, was bad. And I was told in relationships, you know, you're too emotional, you're too over the top and too dramatic. And I'm realizing now that I was just, I, I learned to suppress all of those emotions to be able to fit in and to be able to cope with life. So I've realized through my own mindfulness and meditation practices, just how important it is to feel emotions. And I do believe that it's connected. I've talked about this before. I do believe that repressing or suppressing our emotions is connected to physical pain that we can experience. So the chronic pain that I've, I've experienced over the last five years or so. So now that I have that awareness, I find that it's a really big part of who I am as a person. I try to embrace the fact that I'm emotional and I, I feel a lot of feelings. And I also try and, and bring it into my work as a meditation teacher and a mindfulness coach. So helping other people to know that it's okay to feel your emotions and that your emotions are there as messengers. I like to say that emotion is energy in motion. So they are there to guide us and support us and to tell us which way to go. And so I really try and bring that into my meditations, my guided meditations with students to help other people to know that it's okay to feel. And in fact, it's vital to feel those emotions because they are messages from the body. And another thing that's really interesting and that I learned in my meditation teacher training is that emotions help us to make decisions. So there was a study done with someone who couldn't feel emotions. I think he'd had a brain injury that meant that he wasn't able to feel emotion. And what was really interesting was that he could not make a decision without the ability to feel emotion. He wasn't able to make a decision. So his doctor said, okay, I need you to come to an appointment and gave him two different options for appointment times. And he literally could not decide which appointment to choose because there was no emotion involved. So for example, an average person who is able to feel emotion might think, oh, okay, well, Wednesday at this time, I have to pick up the kids or I have to do this or that. And so that would, you know, all of that would contribute to the decision that they make. Whereas without by removing that emotion, this person wasn't able to make a decision. And I just find that so fascinating. And there's a neuroscientist called Antonio Damazio, who's done a whole lot of study on this and the connection of emotion and decision-making. So it, it is, again, just so fascinating. And there's so much more to learn here. And the thing about neuroscience is that it is so young we're still learning so much about the brain and neuroplasticity so the brain's ability to change and yeah there's just so much that we could go into here but going back to emotions they are vital for our decision making and they are vital for our survival and so it's just so interesting that we have been taught in society to 
suppress those emotions and we've been taught to judge our emotions and this is where I think it comes back to mindfulness because mindfulness is all about becoming more aware of our experiences it's about focusing our attention in the present moment and so by practicing mindfulness we can acknowledge and observe our emotions and just be so much more aware of what is going on in the body and what they're trying to tell us. And so I encourage you to practice this yourself. The next time you feel a strong emotion coming on, see if you can observe it. See if you can sit with it. Part of the struggle that we find as humans is not being able to sit with discomfort or to sit with uncomfortable emotions or feelings so if we can sit with them we're able to process them and they will pass so much quicker and that is another thing that I've just learned in a book that I'm reading at the moment called How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicole LaPera I believe her name is she's called the Holistic Psychologist and she has done some brilliant work on the mind-body connection. And in this book that I'm reading, I just learned that there's a 90-second rule of emotions. And I'll read out the section of the book now for you. So believe it or not, there is a 90-second rule of emotions as physiological events. They last for only a minute and a half. Then they come to an end. Our body wants to return to homeostasis. When stress occurs, our body's cortisol spikes and our internal anxiety circuit is activated. And when the stress is perceived to be handled, a countering system will bring our body back into balance. This, of course, can happen only if our mind doesn't get in the way. Few of us have the ability to allow our emotions to be purely physiological. Most of us bring them up to our mental world and start spinning stories, ruminating and engaging in circular thoughts, which brings us back into the feedback loop of emotional addiction. Suddenly, a 90-second irritation grows into days of irritability, anger, or even years of grudge-keeping and resentment. I won't go on any further because you get the idea, but I just think that is so interesting that emotions only last for 90 seconds. It's the thoughts that we attach to the emotion that then keep that emotion going, that keep us stuck in that emotional state. So the stories that we create based on an emotion that we're feeling or a situation that's happening is what then gets us feeling stuck in an emotional state. And if we're not able to sit with that, if we're not, if we don't feel comfortable feeling that emotion and acknowledging it, then what happens is we push it down, we push it down and it becomes repressed or suppressed emotion and what happens over time is then that will come out because it has to it has it has to come out somehow it will either come out in a physical manifestation of that emotion so for example chronic pain chronic stress or it will come out in an outburst perhaps you can identify with a moment where you've had or someone else you know has had an overreaction to something seemingly small what often happens is 
if we get triggered, which I'm going to talk about in a whole different podcast, I've already started planning for it because I think triggers and emotional triggers is a whole topic in itself and what happens physiologically in the body with that. Um, it's yeah, there's so much to get into, but if we are emotionally triggered by something that someone else does, we may have an outburst you know, to something that's seemingly small. And that's because that emotion, whatever's happened has triggered that emotion. And that reaction is just become, just become so much bigger. If we haven't given ourselves the space to feel the underlying emotion that's going on. So this again is where I think mindfulness and meditation can be so helpful because what it does is it just helps us to regulate those emotions instead of having those huge spikes from, you know, joy and to sadness and anger it it just kind of helps us to balance it out and to, to regulate those emotions so much more because again it just gives us that space that safe space to feel it and knowing that it's only going to last for 90 seconds if we can just feel that emotion and not attach thought or meaning to it just observe that it's a natural human emotion that's occurring in the body then it will pass. And how freeing is that? How freeing is, is it knowing that we can feel something and, and know and sit with it and know that it's not going to last. And again, that is just my strong belief in mindfulness is that ability to sit with and observe whatever it is that we're experiencing in our environment and in the present moment. And I have a personal example of this that I wanted to share with you because I think it's just so helpful and it shows exactly this, all of this science in motion is this morning I was doing a live meditation on the Circles app, which I do about three to four times a week. It's a free meditation service that I offer for anyone who's interested in giving it a go. And I focus very much on mindful meditation. So it's nothing scary. It's not intimidating at all. You're not stuck sitting for an hour alone with your thoughts. I'm there to guide you through just bringing your awareness to the present moment. That's essentially what I do in my mindful meditations is just guiding you to focus your attention on different things, whether that be your breath or the sounds in the environment or whatever you're feeling, emotions, I'm there to guide you through it. So for anyone who is interested, that's just a little plug for my free meditations that I offer on the Circles Live app. I'll have it all linked below if you're interested in finding out more. But this morning I was setting up for one of my sessions and I was feeling a little bit rushed. I'd gone for a walk and made breakfast with my partner beforehand and we were chatting and then all of a sudden it was two minutes to nine before I was about to start my session and I started to feel agitated and anxious because I one thing I realized is that I really don't like to be rushed feeling rushed makes me feel stressed I think probably a lot of people can relate to that so that feeling of having to rush and not being ready for my you know, not feeling quite ready to set up for the meditation made me feel anxious and agitated. But I started the session on time, maybe a minute late, which is fine. And I brought that into the meditation. So I encouraged students to notice, observe any emotions that were going on, feel them and sit with them. And I myself sat with that 
discomfort of feeling agitated and anxious. And I can't say exactly that it was 90 seconds, but I did a 10 minute meditation and I, after a few minutes, probably I felt this big sense of calm and it was almost like that emotion just washed away. And I felt like I felt my body going back to homeostasis. So that that balance, you know, that natural balance that we, that the body always wants to, is aiming to return to, but so often we get caught up in these loops of stress and anxiety and emotion and whatever it is that we're feeling. And so we, we prevent the body from getting back to that natural calm state, which we all have an innate ability to do and mindfulness and meditation can help us to get there. So I just thought that was such a good example of all of this science, you know, the 90 second rule and this, um, you know, learning about what happens with emotions and the physiological response that's, that's happening in the body with different emotions that we, that we experience. Just seeing it firsthand this morning in my meditation was really helpful for myself as a reminder that, no matter what we are feeling, no matter what is going on, if we can give ourselves the time and the space to feel it, process it, acknowledge it, it will pass. And it will mean that over time with practice, we can build that muscle more and more so we won't have those big outbursts or we won't have those overreactions because we are feeling things as they come up instead of pushing them down and avoiding them. So I hope that this has been a helpful conversation. I hope it's been interesting for you. It's so, so interesting for me. You can probably tell in my voice, I just get so excited learning and thinking and talking about all of this stuff. And I can't wait to share more with you as we continue on with the podcast. I do want to apologize if there's a bit of sound in the background. There is construction happening in my street at the moment, which is really annoying because it means whenever I have quiet time to myself during the day to record a podcast, there often is outside noise happening. So I hope that that hasn't been too distracting for you if you are hearing those noises in the background. But I also think it's just good to have these distractions in life. It's like I was saying in my how to meditate podcast episode, which if you haven't listened, definitely give it a listen. It's it's a good one. I feel very proud of that episode, but distractions are part of our meditation. They are what help us to focus our attention, you know, by observing again, being mindful of what's going on in our environment and noticing those annoying things like the construction sounds outside or the sound of neighbors being loud or mowing the lawn or whatever it may be, observing those annoyances or those distractions and then being able to train ourselves to, again, bring our attention back to what it is that we're doing in the present moment. That is what mindfulness and meditation is all about. So I just think it's quite interesting and ironic that I'm apologizing for the distractions yet they are so important in life because life will always try and throw us off life will always challenge us and it's up to us to focus on what's important bring our attention back and be present and be in the moment because that is where life is happening our lives are just a series of moments experienced in the present. So thank you as always for listening. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time, your energy and your support. It means the world to me. I appreciate you so much. Take care everyone and I will talk to you next week. 
Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it and got some value from it. If you did, please feel free to let me know what you think. Please share this with your friends and your loved ones and anyone who may need to hear it. And if you feel called to, please head over and leave me a review and rate this podcast. It would really help me out. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you being here and I will see you in my next episode.